0: Podcast. At some point you look around and you're the only one. I mean it's pretty good. And just like that, the perspective shifts. Paging Bobby Windler to the microphone. On in three, two. Welcome in, coming to you from the Concurrent Media Network in the heart of Citrus County. However you're making us, part of your day, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, through the Concurrent website, mobile app, we're sure glad you're joining us. Today's show brought to you by The Concurrent, newest outlet for Citrus County opinion-based news. Check out The Concurrent, read, listen, watch, discuss at theconcurrent.com. Welcome to the conversation, today's show sponsored by yours truly. No county commission meeting today or this week, but some points of contention in the one a week ago. There is an Inverness City Council meeting tonight, we'll keep an eye on that, and tried to keep an eye on the Crystal River Budget Workshop last Thursday, but it was not broadcast over their system. I don't know what's up with that. Uh, Craziness just all around the county, though, a bank robbery yesterday in Inverness at the BBVA on Crofton 44, that's only about a mile from where I am now, Uh, absolutely crazy. I attended the opening of the CORE Business Center last Thursday, which stands for uh, Citrus One-Stop Recovery and Economic CORE Center, Uh, and was surprised that it was essentially a chamber mixer. Both in my time there and in the pictures after, I didn't see a single county commissioner there, which is okay if the CORE Center is a chamber and a SCORE initiative, because both those organizations were well represented, as was the Inverness City Council, good on them for showing, and a couple of other elected officials. But my impression from the reports so far was that this is a county project because it's coming out of CARES Act funds, and it's going to cost roughly $100,000 per year to run. And while the initial year does fall under CARES Act provisions, as we want to provide resources for people to help recover, I'm worried, and Thursday only reinforced these worries, that the expectation will be that this is a new recurring six-figure cost to the county. And it's just not that. Chamber and score better be picking up the tab come year two. We'll keep an eye on that. In topic two today, uh, we're going to take a closer look at the county budget and uh, see some fee management sleight of hand. But for topic one, let's start here. I tell my students at the University of Tampa that there is a sea of money out there and two main ways to make it. The first is by creating something useful to lots of people. This means your target market is the public, an iPhone, a Brita filter. Even people without a lot of money will find ways to buy these things because they are useful. The second way to make money, and this one is far more relevant to my advertising and public relations students, is not to create something useful, but rather to create value for people or entities who already have money. Your target audience as a public relations firm isn't anyone off the street looking to build a brand, no. What you want is the celebrity or the sports team or anything established who can allow you to showcase your skills for them and then pay you larger sums of money based on the value that you provide them. Same goes for advertising, whether it's understanding audiences and how to reach those audiences or crafting a message, your client isn't the public you're advertising to Your client is the person paying you who already has the ability to make a lot of money. It's an understanding of these two realizations that leads me to urge my students to not treat other people, even in the same industry, as competitors. Our markets are so big now and business so profitable that as long as you focus on you, and your skills, you will find a way to provide value regardless of what everyone else is doing. But this is a hard message to live up to in practice. On Saturday morning, the Chamber Young Professionals, uh, a subgroup of chamber for professionals under the age of 40, uh, met as we do from time to time for coffee once a month, and we introduce ourselves and what we do, and there is some overlap professionally. And when this happens, some people, particularly the new people, will look back and forth between the businesses and try to digest if there's any tension there between competitors. And I think the YP does a fantastic job of coexisting, and it actually does live up to the message that competition doesn't have to mean contention. But it was at this coffee on Saturday that I explained to somebody my approach to negative advertising when I run political campaigns. I said I break issues down into three categories. The political, the professional, and the personal. The political is their stance on issues. Professional is their livelihood. And personal is anything about who they are, well, as a person. I explained that the latter two, the professional and the personal, I see as off limits. But the first one, the political, I have no qualms about using what may be perceived by others as negative advertising in message strategy. It's it's a political campaign. That's what they signed up for. And the same goes for when I'm critical of people who currently hold an office, in today's case, the Citrus County School Board. Now, they make about $33,000 a year. Uh, these are people who have had careers outside of this. The, the thirty-three dollars that's not their livelihood. So being critical of them isn't going after them professionally. Uh, the three up for re-election in 2022, Linda Powers, Doug Dodd, and Thomas Kennedy, are all incredibly nice, accomplished people. This isn't about attacking them personally. But politically, it's fair game, and there's a very real problem no one is talking about. Yesterday, it was reported by the Chronicle that the school district will exercise an option from the state to not accept a letter grade rating for the 2020-2021 academic year after raw test data showed declines in performance on test scores, including the Florida Standards Assessment or FSA test. This undoubtedly is because the letter grade would have been worse than in years past. The school system also did not receive a rating last year. But if you look back before that, before last year, however, the ratings are chilling. Between 2006 and 2015, in individual school ratings, Citrus schools earned 69 A's and only five C's between in the decade 06 to 15. From 2016 to 2019, the stats inverted to only nine A's and 24 C's, previously 69 A's, five C's. The overall, not individual schools, but the overall ratings for Citrus County in the decade between 2006 and 2015 was nine A's and one B for the entire district. In the six years since it has been nine A's and one B, we've had zero A's, four B's, and two test scores that weren't reported presumably because they would be much lower. But Bobby, they'll argue, the ratings are flawed. They changed the testing system in 2015. We're in COVID, can't you understand that? All of this is true, but the first step to fixing a problem is admitting there is one. And in our county, anyone particularly close to our schools seems incapable of doing so. This has now gone on for six years. That's an entire generation of middle school who have been there for three years, high school at four years, and even K-5 through five elementary for a full six. An entire generation of students at any level moving through state-rated, mediocre schooling, but being told that they are receiving the best. I advocate for additional candidates in these school board races, not because I dislike the members who are there. In fact, outside of Linda Powers, who has served the board faithfully for almost two decades and should be thanked for all she's done, but it's time to move on, I think Doug Dodd and Thomas Kennedy would be the most qualified people to continue in their roles as of right now. But the reason for more candidates comes down to someone needs to present the side of the conversation that the schools are struggling. It's not blaming the administrators or the teachers who have overcome incredible challenges, from changes in testing to COVID regulations, nor is this blaming the school board members necessarily or the superintendent, although they should be first in line to accept responsibility as the public face of the district. No one in these groups is the victim. The victim here is the students. We can pretend all we want that everything is fine. We can congratulate each other on awards and take leadership roles in statewide organizations and publicize all the conferences we attend. But we are doing our students a disservice until we admit there is a problem that has now existed for over half a decade more than a generation of students at every level and has still yet to be addressed or even acknowledged. Getting to topic two, but first, be among the first to advertise with the Citrus County Concurrent. We offer a variety of ways to reach your next customer, including website graphics, audio reads, and even traditional print advertising. Get in early, lock in your rate, even as our audience grows, special consideration, given four donation spots to nonprofits. Contact advertising at yourconcurrent.com for more information. That's advertising at yourconcurrent.com to learn more. Okay, let's go from the school board to the county. At the meeting a week ago, the county set the tentative tax rate, which the Chronicle reported that while the millage rate dropped, taxes will actually rise 2.3% because of the higher taxable values uh, on property. That part doesn't bother me. While we were spoiled for many years after uh, the recovery from losing the Duke plant to have the millage rate fully rolled back to account for home value increases, uh, if property values go up, it does stand to reason your tax bill will increase as well. I'm not going to be as much of a tax hawk to say it needs to be fully rolled back every time, because part of being a conservative isn't just limiting the size of government, but it's making sure government is appropriately funded. We do have growth happening now and certainly more coming. So if your tax bill increases marginally while your home value shoots through the roof, then that's just part of being a citizen. Presidents Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush raised taxes when absolutely necessary. And I do think, while a default position should always be anti-tax, that there are cases like this that can be evaluated as mm, compromise. There was a troublesome practice that occurred here, though, that I hope we don't see again. Imagine this hypothetical for a second someone selling you on a price for a plant like a a one that you would put in your garden and it's an amazing price and you need to redo your landscaping so you buy it as you're checking out the seller tells you that you're going to need to come back in a few weeks and you have to give them more money or the plant that you're buying and every plant in your garden will be polluted and destroyed not such a great deal for the plant anymore, right? Now, this is an absurd example, but it is essentially what the county commission did. They removed the stormwater provision from the millage rate and repackaged the cost as a Municipal Services Benefit Unit, or MSBU. This is sometimes referred to as a below the line tax because it's part of standard fees like library or fire services that aren't included in your property tax rate, but are tacked on below that number uh, toward the total. It's about $59 for the standard home, but changes as estates grow bigger. And it is an expense that County Administrator Randy Oliver says the commission absolutely has to approve at the next meeting. Let's rewind and rephrase. The commission gets to show a lower tax rate uh, in their meeting last week that still increases taxes, uh, only to increase fees next week in a must approve vote or risk turning the county into a polluted swamp. The purpose for doing it this way Is to be fairer, the commission will tell you, to expand the amount of people paying into the tax to collect the same amount annually. It's about twenty thousand dollars shy of a million, uh, while having to charge certain individuals less. The way of doing it, this way of doing it, is not fairer to everyone, though. As one man mentioned in the meeting, veterans and other people who face disabilities who have earned exemptions to property taxes through their service. Have to pay these below-the-line fees and while i do think the commission will approve it as they must uh, taking such drastic measures to back themselves into a corner like this feels like an awfully dangerous precedent to set on the surface from a political perspective this makes sense the commissioners who are most in favor of this plan that looks like it's lowering taxes but actually shifting the burden around are those commissioners who are up for re-election in 2022, which are Carnahan and Kitchen, as well as those who are far enough along in their commission career where if they wanted to take the next step up, they could, like Commissioner Kennard. But Commissioner uh, Kitchen has made it clear he is not seeking re-election, and Carnahan is up in the air, and I don't think Kennard wants to take the next step, even if the opportunity were open. So that leaves us head-scratching why it would be packaged like this. And maybe I'm being too cynical about it all. Maybe it really was about wanting to provide a fairer process. Regardless though, the objective fact remains. Our low tax rate lifestyle is under siege and it's being sold to us as an inevitable part of growth. That's a narrative I'm simply unwilling to accept. That's all from The Bobby Winsler Show. Follow The Concurrent on social media for the latest updates. We'll be back next Tuesday at noon. If you want to join this conversation, find us on social at The Concurrent Facebook, Twitter, or go to The Concurrent website, post on our discussion boards. Uh, Today's episode was sponsored by us. Have a good one.